Hello and welcome back to this episode of High Yield Podcast of Medicine. In this episode and the next one, we will cover hallucinogens. Regarding molecular neuroanatomy, what are the common receptor functions of hallucinogens? Two receptor functions are the most important ones to consider. One is most hallucinogens function as partial agonist as serotonin 5-HT2 receptor. But the second receptor of concern is NMDA modulation. Which one of these receptor functions are more commonly associated with the potency of a given hallucinogenic agent? The affinity for 5-HT2 receptor is the most important determinant of the potency. True or false, most hallucinogens have also sedative activities. That's not necessarily true. Most of them have autonomic nervous system hyperstimulating function. What are the chemical categories of common hallucinogens? They are either naturally occurring hallucinogens or synthetic ones or amphetamine substitutes also known as amphetamine congeners. Give example of naturally occurring hallucinogens psilocybin or shrooms as well as mescaline. Give example of the synthetic ones PCP and LSD and certain cannabinoids. And finally give example of Amphetamine substitutes or congeners examples include ecstasy, MDMA, or STP, MMDA, MDEA, etc. What are the common symptoms of hallucinogens? Paranoid ideation, changes of perception, incoordination, nystagmus, pupillary dilation, as well as what's referred to as bad trips. Remember what was tripping? Tripping is a term referring to altered perceptual changes secondary to use of hallucinogens. And bad trips are the perceptual changes that are associated with panic-like symptoms or feeling that the patient is getting mad or damaging his brain permanently or irreversibly. Now, when we talk about perceptual changes, can you give examples of such changes seen with hallucinogens? Impaired sense of time, hallucinations, illusions, and dissociative symptoms like depersonalization. This is why the other names for hallucinogens are psychedelics or psychotomimetics. Now, there is a condition called hallucinogen persisting perception disorder. What is it? It's impaired perception after cessation of hallucinogens. That's a form of flashback. Put it simple, presence of any type of flashbacks secondary to use of hallucinogens is referred to as hallucinogen persisting perception disorder. Can you give examples of such perception disorders and flashbacks? Could have auditory hallucinations, we could have flashes of color or trails of images from moving objects, we could have macropsia or micropsia, we have a spontaneous and transitory recurrences of the substance-induced experience with visual distortion and geometric hallucinations. And we could have time expansion or relived 
intense emotions. How long these episodes usually last? They usually last a few seconds to a few minutes. Again, the hallmark is such impaired perceptions happen after cessation of hallucinogen. This is how we refer to them as flashbacks to be eligible for diagnosis of hallucinogen persisting perception disorder. What are the general management options for treatment of hallucinogen intoxication? Especially for patients with hallucinosis, we use diazepam. But if psychotic symptoms, violence, or agitation are present, we can use high-potency antipsychotics, usually in low-dose preparations. Why antipsychotics should be used with caution for the management of hallucinogen intoxication? Because certain hallucinogens, for example, PCP, are already associated with increased risk of seizure. And if you remember from psychopharmacology, antipsychotics also reduce seizure threshold. What is the management for hallucinogen persisting perception disorder? Similar to other hallucinogens, we use benzodiazepines, antipsychotics more routinely, or anticonvulsants. Okay, let's move on to our first hallucinogen, cannabis-related disorders. What's the epidemiologic significance of cannabis-related disorder? It is the most widely used illegal drug. In what demographics marijuana use disorder is most common? Cannabis use is highest among white people between ages 18 to 21. We mentioned common symptoms associated with hallucinogen use. However, there are certain symptoms in each group that would help specifically in favor of one hallucinogen for the sake of differential diagnosis. What are the symptoms specific to cannabis-related disorders? In addition to euphoria or dysphoria, the patient will have suspiciousness, social withdrawal, and certain important signs such as conjunctival injection, increased appetite, and dry mouth. Remember, perceptual distortions such as distortion of sense of time, possible anxiety or tachycardia, together with mild sedation and depersonalization symptoms are also seen, and these are common features for almost every hallucinogen compound. What's specifically seen in long-term use of cannabis? Anxiety or depression, as well as an apathetic, emotivational syndrome. In addition to long-term use of cannabis, what other cannabis use disorder could be associated with anxiety or depressed mood? Withdrawal of cannabinoids. Also, it could be associated with irritability, insomnia, and logically decreased appetite. If cannabis use is associated with increased appetite, the withdrawal would be associated with decreased appetite. This brings us to the next question. Can you give examples of therapeutic use of cannabinoids? The derivatives of delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, such as dronabinol or rimonaband, are used as FDA-approved medications. What are the uses of duronabinol? It's for nausea and vomiting associated with cancer or for appetite stimulation among AIDS patients. What is the use of rimonabant? The rimonabant is approved for use in treatment of obesity. What is exact mechanism of action of rimonabant? It's the inverse agonist of cannabinoid receptor and therefore it functions as antagonist. What other condition can benefit from cannabinoids? Glaucoma. What are the important points regarding management of 
cannabis-related or cannabis use disorders. Same principles generally applied for substance use disorder management, achieving abstinence plus supportive care. Remember, there is no need for treatment of cannabis intoxication. Once more, please remember that while some review resources mention that there is no withdrawal for marijuana, newer updated resources indicate the constellation of symptoms seen with withdrawal of marijuana, as I discussed, you know, irritability, anxiety, depressed mood, insomnia, and decreased appetite. Now, we have a specific category of high-dose cannabis use. What are the hallmark clinically of high-dose use of cannabinoids? Dysphoria that manifests as paranoia, panic attacks, or anxiety that is usually referred altogether as bad trips. This could be followed with social withdrawal and usually lasts for one day. What is the most common risk for high-dose toxicity of cannabis? High-potency formulations are the highest risk. In what type of preparation we have high-potency formulations? Among edibles and other concentrated forms. What's the difference in terms of symptom initiation and severity based on mode of use. Ingested form usually demonstrates symptoms within hours and symptoms could be those of high dose use, specifically social withdrawal and dysphoria or bad trips lasting for around one day, while in health form manifests the symptoms as early as minutes after inhalation, but they are usually not as severe. In other words, the likelihood of experiencing bad trips is lower with inhaled form. Now, let's move on to amphetamine congeners, the so-called stimulant hallucinogens, focusing on MDMA or ecstasy. What does MDMA stand for? 3 and 4 methamphetamine. What's its other names? XTC or XTC as well as Molly. Remember, similar to GHB, gamma hydroxybutyric acid or flunitrazepam, XTC belongs to club drugs or rape drugs. What is the common use of ecstasy? It's used in parties to increase sociability, sexual desire and euphoria. What are the symptoms of toxicity? You expect a combination of symptoms seen among stimulants plus those seen among hallucinogens. The stimulant symptoms are hypertension, increased heart rate, hyperthermia, and possible delusions, while hallucinogenic symptoms are, well, hallucinogens. What are the mechanism of actions of ecstasy in the level of molecular anatomy or receptors? Stimulant function is due to amphetamine-like component, and that's release of catecholamines. Hallucinogenic or psychedelic mechanism is due to serotonergic effect. To be more specific, let me ask you once more. What are the symptoms of ecstasy due to serotonergic function? In addition to hallucinogens, we could have risk of serotonin syndrome if taken with other serotonergics, as well as an electrolyte abnormality, hyponatremia. 
true or false delusions that are possible with ecstasy are due to serotonergic function that's false always remember delusions in the context of substance abuse is usually due to stimulant effects and the delusions are usually delusions of paranoia or grandiosity now if you're asked what are the possible underlying mechanisms associated with hyponatremia seen in nmda use what are the etiologies hyponatremia that as we mentioned is a serotonergic effect of ecstasy is mainly associated with increased ADH secretion. However, excessive water intake to reduce the possible hyperthermia, that's a common symptom of most stimulants, even without serotonin syndrome that's possible in NMDA abuse, is another reason for hyponatremia. Once more, hyperthermia could be either due to stimulant side effect or due to serotonin syndrome. So bear that in mind when you discuss a case of a patient with high temperature and ecstasy abuse. What is the other diagnostic challenge in addition to differentiating the underlying cause or mechanism of hyperthermia in the case of ecstasy intoxication? Ecstasy, similar to other synthetic amphetamines, is not easily detectable in routine urine toxicology screens. Okay, that brings us to the discussion of other amphetamine analogs or congeners, bath salts. Remember, the same diagnostic challenge applies to bath salts as well, as they also belong to amphetamine congeners and therefore they are not readily detectable by routine urine toxicology screen. What are their symptoms? They almost have exactly the same symptom profile of NMDA. Symptoms of amphetamine toxicity as well as possible risk of serotonin syndrome. What is in general most common findings seen with bath salt abuse? Agitation. How do we differentiate bath salt versus ecstasy use? Bath salts are less likely to be used during parties and also most significantly there is no hyponatremia seen with bath salts. In the next episode we will discuss PCP and other hallucinogens. <laughs>